Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Thursday. So I regret to inform you that I actually will not be talking to Alex Brinson today. And I'm super, super sad about that because I was really looking forward to that conversation, but we had some technical difficulties and some miscommunication. And unfortunately, it just fell through and we're having to reschedule. Um, So I'm really sorry because I know that you guys were looking forward to that and I was excited about it too. But I am going to still talk about the vaccine, the COVID vaccine, and some of the things that are going on surrounding COVID, but I won't just be talking about that. I'll be talking about a couple more stories that I want to bring uh, to your attention as well. Um, And look, I know you guys, a lot of you have told me, look, I'm so tired of the news, and I get it. I get tired of the news too, and I don't want to talk about stuff sometimes, but, um, and and, you know, I, I don't think that you should make the news an idol. I don't think that you should be spending all of your time on Twitter or Instagram or any of that. But remember, this is not the time to look away. This is when Biden is signing 30 plus executive orders, the highest number of executive orders that a president has signed in this short uh, period of time that are not in line at all with the expectation of moderation and normalcy that people thought they were going to get by voting for Biden. This is not the time to not pay attention. It's not the time to not pay attention to the curriculum that is uh, being implemented in your child's school. This is not the time to look away from what's going on in the news. And while you can't make everything that's going on in the news an idol and your hope and your rest and your peace, of course, does not rest upon what's going on in American politics. And we understand that God is completely sovereign and totally on his throne. Uh, We are still in this world. We still do have to pay attention to the problems that we're facing. And And like I always say, politics matter because policies matter because people matter. And so in order to care about people, there are many ways that we can care about people. And I certainly don't think the primary vehicle to caring about people is politics. Certainly, I don't believe that. I would say many people on the left believe that. I don't believe that politics and voting for politicians is our primary vehicle uh, to care for people, certainly. But it is one of the ways that we care for people because the policies that are implemented by politicians uh, that we hear about through the, the realm of politics and that we know about through the realm of politics and that have influence through the realm of politics, they affect the most vulnerable people. Um, they affect children, they affect poor people, they affect our neighbors. And so if we care about the future generations, if we care about the most vulnerable, if we care about our neighbor, one of the things we have to care about is politics. And that means paying attention to the news. A lot of you guys ask me, how do I make sure I'm getting accurate information? And unfortunately, that's really hard. One of the things I always encourage you to do on, um, on this podcast is to not just listen to me. I do not pretend to be the arbiter of truth. I always strive to be as truthful as possible and to tell as much of the story as I can. But I also tell you that I'm coming from a particular perspective. Everyone is, by the way. But I'm honest about it. I say I'm a conservative. I'm a Christian. That's the worldview that I've got. Those are the That's going to color the conclusions that I come to and the moral implications that I draw out of particular stories. You guys know where I stand on stuff. If you want to hear a different view, sometimes I have opposing views on my podcast. A lot of times I do. Um, Um, But also, you can listen to uh, the other side. When I'm looking at one story, I read the Washington Post, I read the New York Times, I read CNN, I read uh, National Review, I read The Blaze, I read The Daily Wire, I read Fox News, and you almost have to look at 
every angle of just one particular story to know really what's going on. I follow a variety of commentators uh, for that reason. So that if something sounds really bad because one side is saying it's really bad or one side is saying that something's really good, uh, my question is always, well, what's the counter to this? What's the argument? Why are other people mad about this? Is one side misinformed? either the side that's saying it's good or bad, or is it just partisanship? Like what's going on? We just kind of have to ask discerning questions. We have to dig beyond the headline, which is something that I try to do from a conservative Christian perspective. But look, you got to fact check me. You got to look to the original documents. If it's a bill that's being passed, if it's a court decision that's been decided, you can always read the original text online and you can look at what different experts are saying who typically have their own biases on it. But, um, you got to do your research yourself, and uh, understandably, that's that's hard for people to do, and we're tired, and we're busy, and we don't want to do it, but my point is that this is not the time to be apathetic. This is not the time to be ignorant. This is not the time to look away. That's exactly what this administration and the Democrats in Congress would like you to do, because a lot of you voted for this administration based on what you thought would be normal and decent and equitable and, you know, all those all those buzzwords. And you may be realizing, maybe not, but you may be realizing that some of the executive orders that have been signed and the policy proposals that have been put forth in the past few days do not align with all at all with any of your purported values. And so it's time to pay attention. Care about your kids? Care about your neighbors? We got to pay attention. One thing that we're also not supposed to pay attention to is COVID. We're not supposed to pay attention to the fact that CNN took down their death ticker Um, after President Biden became inaugurated. We're not supposed to pay attention to the fact that uh, per day, California has more cases and more deaths uh, than they did uh, when they originally closed down uh, restaurants and outdoor dining, and yet now they're opening up outdoor dining. The same thing is happening in other Democratic states uh, like Michigan. We're not supposed to pay attention to that. Uh, We're not supposed to pay attention to the fact that the New York Times, the CDC, has been saying President Trump Uh, has been saying for a long time, pediatricians who came on MSNBC uh, has been saying for a long time that, hey, it's it's safe to open schools. And yet the teachers unions and the public education system said, no, we're we're not going to open our schools. We don't want to we don't want to infect the teachers. We don't want the teachers to die. They had um, all of these demonstrations and these protests and all of these demands, the teachers unions to make sure the teachers didn't actually have to Um, didn't actually have to go to school, even as private school educators were, and many charter school educators were, um, many public unions and and some public school teachers uh, decided that they didn't want to do their jobs in person for fear of the virus, even though we have heard thousands of times that that's not where the virus is spreading, that it's actually very difficult to transmit the virus between children and also between uh, children and teachers. It's just not happening very much. And there's actually a very low risk, but there's a very high risk for kids not to go to school, the suicide rate has skyrocketed among kids. The mental health problems, even for kids as young as five, has skyrocketed. Hospital visits for mental health problems for young kids has skyrocketed in the past year because kids aren't supposed to be isolated because they can't learn in front of a screen. So kids are falling behind. Not every parent has been able to stay home and to quit work and to teach their kids while their kids are remote learning. The kids need their friends. They need their teachers. And while I wish everyone would homeschool instead of sending their kids to public school. That's just not the reality for some people. And so we're just creating more inequality. We're just creating more injustice and more kids falling behind. But we're not supposed to pay attention to any of that because we were told while President Trump was president that if you wanted to open the economy at all, that you were a grandma killer. 
even while we had people in, for example, New Jersey and or, uh, Pennsylvania and Governor Cuomo who sent COVID positive patients back into nursing homes, even though we have heard physicians who speak to the New York Times saying, oh, well, we don't need to prioritize people over 65 more than, um, you know, other Americans because people over 65 are predominantly white. But everyone who wants to open up the economy, we're we're the grandma killers, even though elderly people in some cases in some states for the sake of, quote, equity, that word that we talked about yesterday are being passed over. Um, it's it's crazy. Okay, quick break to tell you guys about Patriot Mobile. So they just expanded their coverage really dramatically, which makes it easier for even more Americans to dump the big name carriers who charge way too much. And then they donate all that money that you are giving them to left wing causes and politicians that you probably don't agree with. Um, And I'm really excited to partner with Patriot Mobile for this reason, uh, because they don't send a penny to those kinds of causes and politicians and organizations that you likely don't agree with. And they're not going to silence you. They are America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. You can switch with confidence because they use the same network as the larger providers, but they charge a lot less. And switching is easy. You don't have to change numbers or anything like that. You keep your number, you keep your phone, or you can buy a new phone if you want to. Build your own bundle with multi-line discounts and save even more. All you have to do is go to patriotmobile.com slash That's A-L-L-I-E or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Veterans and first responders get an even bigger discount, so make sure you check that out. This month, get free Premier Activation, where they set up the phone for you and a special gift with the offer code ALLY. So go to patriotmobile.com slash ALLY. That's patriotmobile.com slash ALLY or 972-PATRIOT. We're not supposed to pay attention to the fact that Amazon, this is a story that just came out, may have purposely uh, delayed their announcement of being able to deliver vaccines for the government until Biden, uh, until Biden became president. Uh, We're not supposed to think or we're not supposed to know that so much of this virus, the lockdowns, uh, the policies that were enacted, Uh, the news surrounding um, the vaccine distribution, that so much of it was politicized and so much of it had to do with making sure that Trump didn't become president, to make sure the employment rate was high, to make sure the economy was crashing, to make sure that people were disgruntled, to make sure that people were isolated and sad and wanted to change, and to make sure that uh, normalcy was presented in President Biden. I mean, you were gambling with people's lives. For the sake of the election. I mean, we're not supposed to know any of that or we're not supposed to say it. And we're not supposed to pay attention uh, to the ever-changing narrative on vaccines. So obviously in the beginning, we knew 15 days to slow the spread. That's how this whole thing started. And President Trump being the positive and optimistic person that he is, being the the salesperson that he is, said that we were just going to have a few cases and then it was going to go away. Well, um, unfortunately, that's that's not that's not what happened. Um, and then we were told that, OK, it's not just 15 days to 
slow the spread. It's not just three months to slow the spread. This is, um, we're just going to have to wait until we have a vaccine. And we don't know when the vaccine is going to happen. President Trump said, we're going to have a vaccine by the end of the year. We're going to do Operation Warp Speed. And we're going to incentivize these vaccine manufacturers to make a really good, effective vaccine um, in the, the quickest timeline possible. And that happened. We were told it wasn't going to happen. Uh, Trump's critics said that he was lying. There's no way that it was going to happen. And then it happened. And then Pfizer said, oh, uh, this had nothing to do with President Trump. This had nothing to do with Operation Warp Speed. But it absolutely did. They were guaranteed, I think it was a billion dollars if they were able to produce this vaccine. So, of course, it has to do with Operation Warp Speed. But again, not supposed to pay attention to any of that. President Trump, we were supposed to blame every single COVID death on President Trump while Joe Biden was tweeting, oh, I'm going to stop the virus. And uh, because the narrative had to shift away from, okay, once we have a vaccine, things will go back to normal because then we started to have a vaccine. It was given credit to President Trump. And then we had to hear what we're hearing now is that even if we have a vaccine, we're still going to have to wear masks. We're still going to have to stay inside. We're still going to have to socially dis- uh, distance. And we're also seeing from Joe Biden, uh, he tweeted that, you know, I never said that I was going to, I can't do anything about the virus continuing to spread for a few months. Hang on. That's exactly what you campaigned on. That's what you campaigned on. You campaigned on stopping the virus. You said, I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the world, but I am going to shut down the virus. Through what? Distributing the vaccine that President Trump helped develop or his administration incentivized to develop quickly and had already distributed. It was like a million uh, doses a day. And then Biden takes office and he says, uh, oh, we have we don't have any plan for distribution because the past administration wasn't doing anything. That's not true. Millions of doses a day were being distributed uh, under President Trump's leadership. But once again, you're not supposed to pay attention to that. What you're supposed to pay attention to is that President Trump was just incompetent, that he killed tons and tons of people, and that he lied. And the, the economic problems and the public health problems were all because of President Trump. And the more pro-lockdown you were, the more you stayed inside, the, the uh, more masks that you wore over your face, uh, and the more you chastised people for not wearing masks and for not staying inside and for sending their kids to school, the more righteous you were. And finally, we have this savior in Joe Biden, and he's going to make things normal. And eventually, he's going to take the virus away because he's going to take this seriously because he's going to force you inside your house and he's going to force you to wear masks. And this is exactly what we need. And he's going to be the one that's actually going to herald the vaccine. We're just going to ignore the fact that it had anything to do with President Trump. It's going to be his administration and his solid leadership that is going to make sure that we finally end this virus, even while it's weird because we're getting the conflicting narratives, even while we are uh, we're being told, okay, Yes, this is very, very serious. We don't know when things are going to end. We don't know when things are going to go back to normal. We're going to get a worse strain coming from the UK in March. Simultaneously, we have states like California reopening things back up, opening their economy. Again, not due to fewer numbers because the numbers aren't getting better in places like California and other places that are opening up like D.C., but apparently they're opening up because they want the economy to be better. They want to play into this narrative that Joe Biden is here and saving the day and everything is better. So things are kind of conflicting. If you look at the 
political scene uh, when it comes to when it comes to COVID, and in particular when it comes to this vaccine. So. We're simultaneously hearing that it's very trustworthy and that if you don't want to get the vaccine or if you don't get the vaccine, then you are crazy anti-vaxxer. If you have any questions at all, you shouldn't even be wondering about the trustworthiness of it. You shouldn't you shouldn't even you shouldn't even be doubting at all, despite the fact that Kamala Harris just a few months ago before she was elected said that if this was developed under President Trump, um, then she might have a problem with taking it. She said that just a few months ago. But now people who still have hesitation, who are still wondering, hey, you know, we've never had this kind of RNA vaccine before or, hey, uh, you know, this happened really fast, who just have questions, who aren't anti-vaxxers, who might get every other vaccine but may have a question or may have hesitation about this vaccine, we are being told, wow, you're so stupid, you backwoods person who gets your information from Molly's anti-vax house.com. Um, that you are being castigated, you're being chastised, you are being thrown to the side for having any questions about it whatsoever because it's totally trustworthy and you're supposed to trust science and you're supposed to trust medicine and this White House trusts science. But also we're hearing at the same time from the WHO, on the one hand, we heard from the CDC, pregnant women should actually, they use this stupid phrase, pregnant people should get vaccinated. If you look at the CDC website, pregnant women should get vaccinated. People or women who are breastfeeding uh, should get vaccinated, even though they say there's been no long there's been no studies on on uh, pregnant women who have gotten the vaccine or, or breastfeeding women who have gotten the vaccine and the long term effects of that. There's been there's been no actual study of that, but they are using deductive reasoning to say it's probably fine. But then the WHO, if you go to their website, they are actually recommending uh, that pregnant women not get the vaccine, which I think is interesting. And so we're seeing another conflict there. Uh, so the WHO website says this: while pregnancy puts women at a higher risk of severe COVID-19, the use of this vaccine in pregnant women is currently not recommended unless they are at risk of high exposure, which is weird because if it poses a risk to pregnant women, then does it not pose a risk to pregnant healthcare workers as well? Or are you just saying that the benefits outweigh the risks? Um, so it's a little bit odd, kind of the conflicting information that we're hearing about pregnant women when it comes to the coronavirus. And also we're seeing some weird things around the world uh, when it comes to the vaccine. So over 2 million Israelis have had their first vaccine shot, but their COVID numbers are you know, keep climbing. The Guardian said this single COVID vaccine uh, dose in Israel less effective than we thought. So according to CNN, Merck also announced uh, this past week that it's discontinuing the development of its COVID-19 vaccine candidates after early studies showed immune responses were inferior to natural infection and other COVID-19 vaccines. Merck said it plans to submit results from phase one trials of its vaccine candidates known as V590 and V591 for publication a peer-reviewed journal. Two COVID-19 vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna have already been authorized for emergency use in the United States by U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Both are about 95% effective after two doses. But I thought it was interesting that Merck said, and they admitted, which honestly, this should give you more confidence in vaccines in general, that they said, look, we're not even going to keep going with this because it's not as effective as someone actually getting the virus. Now, that apparently is different than Moderna and uh, Pfizer's vaccine. 
But a lot of people were saying that in the beginning. A lot of people were saying that, um, well, couldn't it be better just to get natural infection for people who are at low risk of getting a very severe uh, severe reaction to COVID-19? And again, people were told, no, 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 no. Now, I understand. I don't think it's better for everyone to just get sick and to chance it rather than to get the vaccine and uh, not get it. But again, people were kind of bringing this up, what Merck is saying, and they were shut down and told not to talk about it. Um, but again, going back to Israel, so surge in infections dampens optimism over a country's advanced immunization program, says The Guardian. Israel's coronavirus czar uh, has warned the single dose of the Pfizer bio, BioNTech uh, vaccine may be providing less protection than originally hoped as the country reported a record 10,000 new COVID infections on Monday. And similar things are also happening in the UK that uh, the vaccine is being distributed and then people are taking a second look and wondering really how effective it is. The New York Times uh, wrote that why vaccines alone will not end the pandemic. The arrival of highly effective vaccines in December lifted hopes that they would eventually slow or stop the spread of the disease through the rest of the population. But vaccines alone are not enough, the model shows. And if precautions like working remotely, limiting travel and wearing masks are last relax too soon, it could meet, mean millions more infections and thousands more deaths. I would love to see the science behind that because I, you guys know I'm not some anti-masker. I wear a mask everywhere that's required of me to wear a mask. I'm not going to put up a fight about that. I'm voluntarily going into a business. If they require me to wear a mask, I'm voluntarily um, riding on an airplane. If they require me to wear a mask, then I am voluntarily choosing to meet their particular guidelines. So I, I'm I'm not an anti-masker, but I also have not seen the science that shows that COVID cases go down at the time of mask mandates or that COVID cases are decreased at all by mask mandates. People have been wearing masks pretty pervasively in this country since June. And apparently, according to the numbers, it hasn't really helped. Remember, in March of last year, crazy that that's almost a year ago now. Dr. Fauci said, please don't wear masks. The Surgeon General said, please don't wear masks. And we were made to feel so stupid for going out and getting a mask. Now, I secretly, we kept our masks because we we had some surgical masks because I'm, I'm even, you know, I'm worried about the flu and I didn't want to get the flu while traveling and all of that. I don't even know if the mask protects you from the flu, but we had masks. And I remember thinking, well, I don't want to give up these masks because it kind of seems like maybe it could possibly help if this is like a respiratory thing and it's it passes through large droplets. Wouldn't it maybe help if we were wearing masks and they basically made us feel guilty for even thinking about wearing a mask? I remember I had to travel during this time, like right before everything got shut down. And I wanted to wear a mask on the plane after hearing about all of this. And I didn't because I felt bullied by people like Dr. Fauci and the Surgeon General last March. And I didn't I was embarrassed to wear a mask. And now, of course, people have been saying since June, wear your dang mask and you're a grandma killer if you don't. And now just the other day, um, Dr. Fauci came up and uh, came out and said, it's just common sense. Just two masks is better than one mask. What? And I saw on CNBC, I thought it was hilarious. They said three masks, of course, is going to give you, uh, is going to be even more effective. Uh, show me the study. 
Like, show me the study. If this really does pass through large droplets, okay, sure, maybe I could see how three masks is going to be more effective if you're trying to spit into someone's face uh, than one mask. But show me the data that says if people wear three masks, the COVID cases are going to go down. Is that common sense? I don't think that's common sense at all. I mean, it wasn't common sense back in March when Dr. Fauci said, basically, you're an idiot if you even wear a mask. Um, and so, but now we're being told to to layer up on masks. I am excited for when they say that we need to sleep in masks or when we need to wear a plastic bag over our heads before we step outside and just breathe deeply. That's probably going to be the next step in all of this, just to make sure we don't spread the virus. We have lost all attachment to reality, all attachment to science, all attachment to data in all of this. Everything has just become a political symbol. I'm not saying masks have no effect. Uh, there was a big, I think it was a, a, a Danish study uh, that um, that was looking at the effectiveness of masks. And they basically said, look, it's not going to protect you to wear a mask and it might not slow the spread that much, but it might protect you if you have it from giving it to someone else. And so that's kind of what we've known for a long time, that if you have it, maybe even asymptomatically, if that's another thing we don't know, how really uh, pervasive is asymptomatic spread. That's another thing everyone's gone back and forth on and we don't really know. But if you do have it and if you can spread symptom asymptomatically, then wearing a mask could possibly stop you from spreading the virus. That's the extent scientifically uh, that of the protection that masks wear. So people who are wearing masks when they're in their car or wearing masks when they're walking by themselves. Now, if you're wearing a mask in your car because you're trying to be extra precautious or extra cautious because you are delivering someone's food or something, I appreciate that and I understand. But people who are just wearing masks in their car or wearing masks when they're on a walk, wearing masks when they're outside by themselves, wearing masks when you are a far distance away from everyone, that has no scientific grounding at all. And so I'm so tired of people saying that we're following the science, that we're following the facts. No, we're not. We're not. Not on any of this stuff. I am very happy for the development of the vaccine and how quickly it came about. Obviously, there was a lot of science um, and a lot of innovation, a lot of capitalism that played into that that I think is a testament to the 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 power of the modern mind and modern technology that I'm very thankful for. And apparently it, it does work in making people who get it asymptomatic, um, but they're saying it doesn't actually necessarily stop the spread of anything. And so a lot of people are like, well, then why are we even, why are we even doing any of this? If that's not the thing that's going to end all of our social distancing and end all of our remote learning and end all of our mask wearing, then what is? Because viruses are going to virus. Like the flu uh, evolves, it changes into different strains every year. And we have to deal with it every year. P people die from the flu every year. People die from a variety of viruses every year. So what's going to stop it? Are we just going to have to live with it? If that's the case, if we're just going to have to eventually live with it and understand that not everyone's going to get the vaccine, some people are going to get the vaccine, but even if people do get the vaccine, that it's still going to spread. We're not going to wear masks forever. Like, I know that people do that in some Asian countries, but we're not some Asian countries. Like, we're not going to do that forever. Kids can't remote learn forever. We can't be isolated forever. You can't go to church virtually forever. Once again, progressivism and progressive policies get human nature wrong. You are a whole person. 
That's what I've said from the beginning. You are an entire person. You're not just a body. While I do want to protect people from getting sick as far as we can, I know people who have gotten COVID, it's been very serious, that they've almost died. They've been on the verge of death. They've had to go to the hospital. They've been hooked up to, or actually, I don't know anyone personally that's been hooked up to a ventilator, but they've gone to the ICU. Uh, They have been released and they've gotten worse and they are on bed rest and all of this stuff. I know people who have gotten it really, really bad. I know people who have had really mild cases as well, but I'm aware of how severe it can be and I want to protect people from that. I don't want old people to get it. I don't want immunocompromised people to get it. I don't want anyone to die from this. And of course, I'm going to be as respectful and as loving and as sympathetic as I possibly can and take any reasonable and data-driven scientific precautions that I can to protect other people from that. But people aren't just a body. There's a reason why suicides are so far up, why overdoses are so high up. Um, There is a reason why kids are, are struggling mentally and emotionally right now. There's a reason why people are struggling spiritually and mentally right now. Because we're not just bodies. We're not just these materialist beings as secular humanism thinks. Like we have souls, we have hearts, we have minds. We have a million different needs that we have to cater to that are only found sometimes through in-person fellowship and community and time that's spent with family and friends and church and counseling and school and all of these things that make society survive and thrive. We can't survive like this, especially not in America. We're not the same as Asian countries. We're not the same as other cultures. We have our own culture. And part of that is community. And people will take the precautions that they need to take to protect the vulnerable people around them. But when we are constantly seeing competing narratives about lockdowns and school closures and wearing masks and the effectiveness of vaccines, and when things are so politicized and they're not driven by science, from the White House to the media to Dr. Fauci, of course, you're going to get a lot of frustrated people. You're going to get a lot of conspiracy theories, unfortunately. And it's going to be very counterproductive if our goal is actually to keep people healthy and to keep society uh, to keep society going. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about this question of vaccines because I've been getting a lot of questions from you guys. When am I going to talk about this? When am I going to talk about uh, the? When am I going to talk about whether or not Christians should get this vaccine? And here's the problem. Well, here's why people are asking that. It's not just because of vaccines in general, okay? So people who are listening to this, I'm not talking about anti-vaxxers, people who are against vaccines in general, who think all vaccine manufacturers are um, out to get them and are filling their bodies with poison and are causing all kinds of mental disabilities and fetal uh, you know, deformities and things like that. I'm not talking about those people. The people who are asking me if Christians should take the vaccine are okay in general with vaccines. They're okay with modern medicine. They're not non-medical interventionists, but they're looking at some of the stuff and they're asking some questions, which um, I think is good. Like, isn't that part of being pro-science is asking questions? Like, can we honestly say that the medical community has always gotten things right? No, of course, of course not. I mean, we know that for a fact that some vaccines we thought that would work and then they caused adverse reactions that were really bad and it was pulled off market. There have been several vaccines in the past 30 years, or I would say a couple that I can think of off the top of my head, three that I can think of that off the top of my head where it had to be taken off market after it was realized that people were having very adverse reactions. Uh, there was the the road of the original rotavirus vaccine, which was really not that long ago, about twenty years ago. It was um, causing 
uh, it was causing problems like intestinal blockage in the infants that were taking this vaccine. And so they had to reformulate it. They had to take it off the market. Uh, the same thing with a certain kind of uh, DTaP vaccine. I think it was in the 80s and 90s. And then before that, in the 60s and 70s, um, it was, I think, a, t- a kind of flu vaccine that was causing a lot of Bell's palsy that had to be taken off the market. And so it's okay for people to ask questions, like to just look throughout history and say, okay, there's been some problems. There was one point that people were saying that it was fine for women who were pregnant to drink alcohol and to smoke cigarettes. Like there was a time that, you know, we didn't have sunscreen because we didn't know that uh, UV rays could be damaging uh, to your skin. There have been times, and if you know anything about the history of birth in the United States, you know how many times uh, people have been wrong. The medical community has been wrong. For example, women who had VBACs in the late 90s, so that is vaginal birth after cesarean, in order to induce their labor, they were given something called Cytotec. Well, Cytotec, you're not, now we know, you should not be given if you are trying to have a vaginal birth after a cesarean delivery uh, because it increases your uh, risk a lot of having a uterine rupture during birth. That was happening in the late 90s. That's not even that long ago. And so the medical community had to realize, okay, we were wrong on that. We didn't test that correctly. We had a you know, false hypothesis or whatever it is. And now we changed it. So the the advancements in modern medicine have not been hindered by curious people, have not been hindered by people's skepticism or curiosity about what the medical community has said or even about vaccines. It's actually been advanced that way. That's good. Like we should be asking questions. So please don't shut down questions, real legitimate questions about things like vaccines. That's why I talked to uh, two people. I talked to Paul Offit a couple years ago, and I also talked to Dr. Bob Sears. And I asked them about both sides of the vaccine debate, not from a Christian perspective, but just in general about the efficacy and the safety of vaccines. And they had two different approaches. And I wouldn't say Dr. Sears is an anti-vaccine guy, but he's more vaccine hesitant and is more sympathetic to people who are anti-vaccines. And of course, Paul Offit is very pro-vaccine, has helped in the manufacturing of or in the in the not the manufacturing, but the research and the development of a vaccine. So I wanted to give two different sides to that because I think there are quite a few sides to it. And I just hate that this is yet again, one of those conversations that we are being told in so many circles not to pay attention to, that we shouldn't ask questions, that we shouldn't talk about it at all, that we should just nod our heads and accept whatever Big Brother says in regards to COVID, in regards to the lockdowns, in regards to what the politicians say, in regards to the vaccine, in regards to what Biden says. And I'm just saying, I think it's okay for us to approach things critically. And I don't like conspiracy theories. I really don't. And I try my hardest on this show to stop conspiracy theories before they uh, before they you know grow wild or while I still can't, I don't have all the power in the world to do that. But Um, So I'm not talking about conspiracy theories. I'm not talking about going off the deep end. I'm just talking about thinking and speaking critically about this kind of stuff. So from a Christian perspective, the COVID vaccine. Now, uh, the reason why people are talking about the ethics of this and uh, the biblical morality of this is because uh, the vaccine structure relied upon the cell line of HEK293, which originated with uh, an aborted uh, baby. Now, this was an aborted uh, a baby that was aborted back in uh, uh, in the 1960s, I believe, in the Netherlands. Um, and so, 
there are Christians who are saying, yes, it's totally fine to get the vaccine, and there are Christians who are not. So I want to read you two different sides of this argument from two people that I really, really respect, two Christians that I respect. Uh, So... Albert Moeller, um, he argues in his uh, podcast, The Briefing, um, is he argues that, yes, it is okay for Christians to get this particular vaccine. This is not the only vaccine that was derived from fetal cell lines. Um, so he says, uh, he says on his podcast, a horrifying wrong was done in using, obviously, the, the fetal cells for the development of vaccine. But he says that does not mean that good cannot come from harm, even at uh, even as it is a good tainted by the realities of a sinful world. This idea is expressed for Christians as the doctrine of double effect. Some actions have more than one effect. For Christians, the primary intention must aim at virtue and good. The intention behind an act must never seek harm or evil or any moral reality and outcome against God's will. We must never be complicit in intending sin. And certainly this applies to every dimension of abortion. But Albert Muller says... The Christian also acknowledges a potential double effect for every moral act can lead to consequences not intended, but unavoidable. If the abortion of even a single human baby was required for this vaccine, or if abortion derived materials were included in the vaccine, Christians would be rightly outraged. But this is not the case with the COVID-19 vaccine, he says. The vaccine can be taken by pro-life Christians with legitimacy. So he says Christians need to understand that no step in producing these vaccines had any direct involvement in an abortion of a single child. There is also the issue of proximity. The further you go in history, the harder it is to keep a clear line of culpability in morally significant events. That said, the good news about the COVID-19 vaccines is that even these cells, most importantly from HEK-293, were used to create the basic shape of the vaccine. No fetal tissue was actually used. So he's saying that, yes, it uses this line from uh, the from the 1960s in the Netherlands, and yes, we oppose abortion, but... There was no actual fetal tissue that was used in this particular vaccine. And I think he also goes on to argue that while the act of an abortion was wrong and using uh, using the, the cells from this aborted baby was wrong, there is good that is now able to come out of this uh, several decades later and that Christians are able to take the take the vaccine with integrity because of that. And the farther and farther we are removed from the original act of abortion, uh, the more difficult it is to make the case that someone is actually morally responsible for actually taking uh, the vaccine. I don't know if he would also argue, but it sounds like this is where he could possibly go that um, there is there is something redemptive and there is actually something good that is coming and something life-saving that is coming from an act abortion that we see as egregious that we know to be murder. Um, and so that I think is what he is saying in double effect. Now, John Piper, someone else I very much respect would disagree with this. Uh, he says that uh, we should not take the vaccine that was derived from those fetal cell lines um, because, number one, we should never do evil that good may come. He cites Romans 3, 8. Some of Paul's adversaries accused him of doing evil that good may come. Paul responded to this that it was a slanderous charge. So it's bad to do evil just that good may come. Um, now, I think Albert Moeller would probably say that someone is not actually doing evil by taking this uh, vaccine, but actually that God is taking is making something good out of something that was originally sinful. Um, John Piper goes out to say, or goes on to say, we value Christ and his kingdom more than security or health. 
And he says, we testify to the sanctity of life. He also says, God blesses principled action in his name. So he says, look, people aren't going to understand why you're not taking the vaccine, but we can have no part in what Ephesians calls the unfruitful works of darkness. Like we can have no part in any kind of industry or any kind of process that props up the abortion industry or seems to sanction abortion or seems to justify abortion or say that abortion was a necessary evil for the good consequences that came. That is John Piper's argument. Both of these are solid Christian men. They're solid Christian intellectuals. They've thought a lot about this subject, but uh, they land in different places. Whereas John Piper would say it doesn't matter the effect of, of something like the vaccine. If it was derived from fetal cell lines, then Christians shouldn't have any part of that because we shouldn't have any part of evil. Whereas Albert Muller, I think, I hope these are accurate summaries of their arguments. He would say, look, I mean, it's a, it's a gracious blessing that something good is coming out of something that was derived from a baby that was evilly and tragically aborted. Um, I understand both arguments very well. And I know you guys are dying for my opinion. You guys ask me about my personal opinion on this all the time. I will refrain uh, from giving it. And I would, I'll put these two articles in the description of this episode because I do think that it's something that you need to think through yourself. And just one thing I would encourage you once again is to, um, is to not feel bad for asking and not feel bad for for thinking and not feel bad for using your brain and doing your research. Now, again, we have to be careful. Don't go down the, don't go to either extreme. One of conspiracy theory and the other side, which just refuses to ask questions or even open the hood uh, to look beyond what we see. Again, uh, there is a temptation in all of this crazy time to not pay attention to things, to just look away, to not ask questions, to not know what's going on. But for the sake of our neighbors, for the sake of our kids, for the sake of ourselves, we have to pay attention and we have to ask questions. And I know that I barely scratched the surface of what's going on on this podcast. And um, that's why I don't think uh, I should be your sole source of information, that you should go beyond this podcast and you should think for yourself. That's what I hope that I empower and encourage you to do is to think and to ask good questions and for us all to critically think and for us to help each other as we navigate through this crazy post-truth, contradictory, chaotic world. Thankfully, Christ is our anchor and his truth is our anchor in all of this. Um, Okay, thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back here on Monday.